You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. All right. How you doing, Grace Family Church? I am fired up. Hey, you know, we haven't done this in a while. I know we have seven campuses, but can we just greet all of them? But we'll clap at the end because I, I know you all think you're special, but let's just do it all at the end. I start with our Land Lakes campus and our Lutes campus and Temple Terrace and Ebor and Carrollwood and Clearwater and South Tampa and those online. Come on, one big clap. Good to have all of you with us. We're in our series called Get Your Ship Together. And this was Get Your Financial Ship Together. And some of you go, man, I thought this was about relationships. Oh, it is. We all have a relationship with money. Think about it. We all have a relationship with money. For some of us, money is our master. Controls us, controls everything about our lives. For some of us, money is our lover. We just love money. We love it. We love the stuff that it gets us. And for some of us, it's precious. Remember Lord of the Rings? Oh, well, I thought that was a good one. It's precious. And then for some, we understand that it's a tool we use for the glory of God. So, you know, I remember when I first started teaching on this, I was th- year three of our church. We're in a little strip center on Gun Highway, and it was my first time I've ever talked on money and tithing, and I was so, so nervous because, you know, no one wants to hear about it, but it's in the Bible. You know, there's 2,000 verses about money and possessions. And I remember getting up there, and I was a little tentative, and, and I was a little hesitant, and, and I gave this message on money, and I, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and I was trying to do it as, as nice as I could. And when I finished, one of my guys came up, this guy named Alan. He had been part of the church from the beginning. Really one of our, our biggest donors of the church. He came up to me and said, uh, so Craig, did you believe what you preached? I said, yeah. He goes, you didn't act like it. You showed no passion. I mean, everything else you preach with passion. In fact, I felt you were apologizing the whole time. And if you don't believe enough to preach it and believe it, maybe I shouldn't give it. I went, man. And that really helped shape me to go, you know what? Just like any other truth of God's word, it needs to be talked about, amen? We need to be able to share it, uh, hopefully in a kind and loving, but a direct way. And I learned a big lesson from Alan, and I know Uh, I appreciate what he did to help set that up. Here's what I want to do. I believe this message uh, can help reduce financial stress in your life. Because see, we know money is emotional, and some of you are really emotional right now. You're like, why am I here? I thought he does that in February. That's why I came in March. I skipped all of February. (laughs) He tricked me. But money, it is emotional. But really, the goal is to reduce financial stress in your life. In fact, we got a class called Financial Freedom. I'm going to say it several times because some of us, we just need help. We need someone to help us understand some of the basics of finances. And uh, it's a five-week class. It'll change your life. I encourage you to uh, check it out. Another thing this will do for you, if you're married, this will help eliminate financial conflict in your home. 50% of marriages end because of financial conflict. And so... This will help you. That that class also will help you again with that. And the third thing I believe, if you follow God's financial plan, you'll experience God's blessing 
in your life. You experience God's blessing and you'll have the first time in your life you'll have financial peace if you start doing it God's way. The reason some of us don't have financial peace and health in our life, we're not doing it God's way. We're doing it our own way and our own way isn't really working. So I, I really believe I can help you. In fact, I wanna say this. I wanna thank many of you who already follow these principles I'm gonna talk about. You already are generous, you already are a blessing, you already put God first in your finances, and because of that, we've been able to reach out across Tampa Bay with seven campuses, reaching people for Jesus. I'm telling you, thank you, we can't do that without you. We can't do summer camp with a thousand teenagers. We can't do a thousand teenagers every Wednesday night across seven campuses that are hearing the word of God. We can't do what we do in our serve Saturdays where over 300 people are out serving in our community. We can't help the international mission partners we have or the local missions because without your giving, vision doesn't happen. So thank you for empowering the vision of Grace Family Church and what we do. Really, thank you for those who've been generous. So there's four principles and all of them are hard. I'm just telling you, this is hard. So I'm just warning you. I mean, this is, this is tough because it's a different mindset. I mean, if you want to change, the first thing needs to change is your mind, they tell us in many ways. So what's the first key to financial freedom? You got to understand that God owns it, not you. Come on, turn to someone, tell them, God owns it, not you. See, some of you can't even say that. It bothers you saying it. But the Bible, either we believe what the Bible says or not. In fact, I always say this, the last thing to get baptized in a person's life is their wallet. They surrender everything. You know, saying that God owns it, you're surrendering. You're surrendering your, to God. And, 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 do, and, and, and the wallet is the last thing that we surrender to God. But it's the truth in the Bible. It's a big one. Listen, if we don't get a hold of this one, if we don't surrender ownership, to God about our finances and say, no, God, it all belongs to you. We can never follow God's financial plan. There'll always be a struggle on who owns it. And in and, and Psalms 24, one, God answers it, whether you wanna believe it or not, God says it this way, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Think about everything in the earth, all the gold, all the silver, all the cattle on a thousand hill, all the resources, everything, God owns it all. It says too that the world and all its people belong to him. You may not even believe this, but you belong to God. You owe your life to God. Our life, we're on loan from God, our very lives, the air that we breathe. That changes our perspective. King David was getting ready to raise money at a big fundraiser campaign. God said, you can't build the temple, but you can raise the money for the temple. And so David had this big fundraiser, and at the end of it, people brought in their, their, all the treasures and, and David from his personal treasury. And when he looked at everything, this was his attitude. His attitude wasn't one of regret. It wasn't one of, I can't believe I had to do this. King David had this amazing perspective, this amazing relationship with money that I hope that we would all adopt. He says in 1 Chronicles, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted head over all. I love this part, verse 12. Wealth and honor come from you. Come on, let me say it. it comes from God. Not from us. God is the one that does it. 
You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt. That word exalt can mean to promote. God is the one that can promote us and exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. This is the part I want you to get. This is the mindset, the perspective, the attitude of David, which really triggered generosity in his life. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Do you see the perspective? God, you first gave to us and all we did was in return give back to you. So God, why do we think we should get glory or praise? Lord, you're the one that gives it. We're only giving what you first gave to us. Is that a powerful illustration? Now, to me, I'll say it this way. It's easier to give something that doesn't belong to you. So much easier. We're going to prove it right now. Some of you are really blessed right now. On every campus, we put $100 under one seat. And if you're sitting on a blessing. So go ahead and find it right now, every campus. And when you find it, really be excited. So thank God if you, if you find it. Now, let me give you a hint. It's on an aisle seat. If you're on an aisle, go ahead and look at it, find it. Come on, I don't have all day. Every campus, when you find it, say, I got it. You're going to have 10 friends after you get that. You have 10 friends. Amen. We got it. We, yes. Thank God. Every campus. All right. So here we go. Some of you are going, that's no fair. God blessed them and not me. No, God's already blessed you. Now, here's what I want us to do. Here's what I want us to understand. That person that has that $100 on every campus it's easier for them to believe what I just said because you know what? They really know that didn't belong to them, amen? And so when they really know it doesn't belong to them, here's what I would say to that person that received that $100. I don't know what your financial situation is. Some of you that received that $100 going, man, I really needed this. Thank you. Then here's all I ask you to do is what God says to do. Give the first 10% back to him. So there's $100, just give 10 Give it to somebody. Say, I'm just gonna, and, and that's something that should be easy to do because it didn't belong to you anyway. Now, for some of you, you're already blessed. That $100 doesn't really maybe mean a lot to you. Then why don't you take that $100 and go bless somebody? Go buy them dinner. Go do something for that person. Or maybe, you know, maybe half of it. I don't know. But so it's so easy to give what doesn't belong to you. Now, how about the rest of us? Is it any different for you? It shouldn't be. Well, they got theirs under their seat. I earned mine. Did you hear what he just said? All of it belongs to him. He's the one that gives us the power, the strength to earn, to gain wealth. I just want us to see that principle. In fact, there's a verse in Deuteronomy. It says this. He did all this so you would never say to yourself. You got to read the verses before that. He talks about their wealth and their houses and how prosperous they were. And he says, hey, in your prosperity, don't forget who gave it to you. Go read the verses before, but in verse 17, he says, he did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you, come on, power, 
to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So I just like to address that idea of, but I earned it. I worked hard for it. It was my skills. It was my sweat equity. I built this company. I'm the one that had the great idea. I'm the one that pulled off that giant sales closing. Notice all the eyes and the mys and the minds in there. Exodus says, remember the Lord, your God. I'm the one. See, it's a perspective. It's a perspective, but you know what? I even look at Grace Family Church. I mean, believe me, ask my wife. I mean, we never dreamed we would have seven campuses reaching 10,000 people. And listen, I, I can tell you right now, God gets all the glory because I know me and I know where I lack. I know where I, I just, there's, I, and I know anything that I even have, God has given me the skills, whatever. I know it comes from God because I, it just, when I, it just it amazes me. It, it baffles me that God can do what he did because uh, I, I, I just know that I lack so much. But God gets the glory, amen? So the first lesson we know is God owns it, we must surrender it to him. Number two, this is, this is, this is simple, but it's not simple. Live on less. Live on less than you make. You know, almost 80% of Americans live month to month, 80%. That is stressful. 80% and maybe 80% of you live month to month. Do you want to see it change? Change. Change the way you do things. 80% live month to month. You know what we think? We think money, we think I just need more income. That's a money myth. It never starts with more income. It starts with managing what you have in a better way that honors God. It starts with going, no, God, I'm going to learn to live on less. I'm going to learn to have contentment. It's not a word that we love in America. And contentment doesn't mean you don't have ambition or dreams, but it's learning to be content in the season of life that you're in. And if a season of life you're making $60,000 a year, you live on less than 60. If you make $5,000 a month, learn to live on $4,000 a month. And that gives you $1,000 of what we call margin. You know what margin does for you? Gives you peace. Gives you peace. When you know you're not spending every dime you have and even more. And, and, and again, I'm not even getting into the credit card thing. But credit card, think about one of the credit card names. MasterCard. Are you kidding me? You want that to be your master? Okay, I'll get off of that. But some of you need some plastic surgery. <laughs> Proverbs 21.20 says this. My wife doesn't like this verse because she doesn't like the word stupid, but it's in the Bible. It says, wise people live in wealth and luxury, but stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. They're giving you a little bit of a, a secret. How do people live in luxury and wealth? They learn to live on less. They don't spend all that they have. And we must learn to live on less. The key to financial health and peace in your life is creating margin. It's creating a gap between what you make and what you spend. And, and again, we wanna help you with that. I think they'll put it on the screen. This financial class is gonna help you do the B word, budget. 
Go, go, put it on the screen. Come on, five weeks. It's a, it's a five. Begins, look, April 3rd, five weeks. Five weeks, it could change your life. Financial freedom. Listen, we, we need to re-educate our minds. We need to renew our minds. And I know, hey, listen, I know we don't want to go to class like that. Especially if your finances are not in a good place, and it's for everybody. If they're in a good place, you want them better, go to the class. If they're not in a good place, you want them better, go to the class. Now, but it's like anything. Like if you're, if you're not eating right, how many of you, when you're not eating right, love to run to the scale and weigh yourself? I don't. See, it's like we, don't, we avoid the scale because we know maybe we're not doing right. And I know there's a reason we just want to avoid even a financial class. No, this is when you need to go to it. It'll help you. It'll help your marriage. We, find it, we realized when we did these financial classes, we thought it was about finances. It healed marriages because they got on the same page. I mean, you know you're in trouble if you're not on the same page. If, if two people are married and you're both spenders, you're really in trouble. But if one's a spender and one's a saver, you're always gonna have some conflict. You gotta figure out God's plan for your finances and we can help you do that, okay? Wise people live in wealth and luxury. The key to financial health and peace is creating margin. And so how do you do that? I, again, you have to create a budget. You have to sit down and go, okay, let's, let's write it down on paper what we're gonna do here. And you know what really the basics are, what are my needs, what are our needs, and what's define our needs from a want. There's a lot of wants we all have in our life. And how I many you know the problem is our wants are what get us in trouble? And it's nothing wrong of wanting nice things if you can truly afford them. The problem is many times we can't. So we have needs, what are our needs? We have a need for shelter, a house, amen? So we need a house, okay? Well, here's a, here's a question. What kind of house? It depends on your income. You know, you may want a 3,000 square foot house, 3,000 square feet with a swimming pool on a lake, but maybe what you only can afford or need is a 1,200 square foot house. Buy the 1,200 square foot house, right? I knew that was popular. So we, we, here's, a, here's another one, we need, we need clothing, right? I mean, we, we need clothing. Well, it just depends. I don't do shopping, my wife does most of it. But it depends on your income. You either gonna shop at TJ Maxx or Nordstrom's, right? But here my dad used to say this, you have champagne taste on a beer wallet. No one under 30 ever gets that one. I need to change my illustrations. Here, we need transportation, we need a car. What kind of car? It depends on your income. I mean, some of you go, but I want a BMW, but all you can afford is a VW. <laughs> Buy the VW, because the B will get you in trouble, right? I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. I mean, this is something for 42 years, Debbie and I, depending on the season of life, had to live a certain way. We had to live on less for several reasons. We wanted financial peace in our life and we wanted to honor God with the first part of our finances. We'll get to that in a second. And it takes discipline, but you, gotta, you have to be willing to, to sit there. You, we all love food, right? We all, I mean, food, we, you gotta eat. It's one of the basic needs, but where and how you do it is different. You know, I used to say this all the time when our kids were little, you know, we didn't go out with our kids a lot to eat because we didn't have that in the budget to go to all these places and eat. Even McDonald's was like a, a, a real treat to go to McDonald's. 
And when we did go to a restaurant, I know this is weird for some of you, we always drank water because it saved us some money. They're going, how poor were you? I, pretty poor, I guess. But we knew one thing, we were gonna live on less. I remember one time we finally decided to take our kids to McDonald's, they're four and five years old. And we thought they'd really appreciate it, but they're already feeling entitled. They got to McDonald's and we said, you're gonna get this. They go, we want a Happy Meal. I'm like, Happy Meal? All our friends get a Happy Meal. Well, Happy Meal is way more money, all this promotional stuff in it. You're not getting a Happy Meal, you're already happy. Just a hamburger with a glass of water. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, nothing wrong going to a nice restaurant, depending on your income. I mean, I love Burns, but I can't go there every week or every month, maybe once a year, I don't know. Some of you go, is it, you know, maybe it's Chipotle for you. It can't, you gotta figure out the season you're in, the money you make, and go, God, help us, teach us, discipline us, help us to be content where we're at, and begin to create financial margin in your life and a year from now you'll come up and thank me for it you really will but it's so hard to do because we live in a a, a marketing and a social media world and you're always trying to keep up with someone else you know we have the haves the have-nots and the have not paid for it people there's three groups of people and if you're the have not paid for it you're in trouble and God has a plan God has a better plan for you that gets you out of that mess and it can start today, it can start with a change of mindset. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this, those who love money, you might as well put the word stuff in there, those who love money will never have enough. What? Listen, if you love money too much, if you love stuff too much, it'll never satisfy you. You always have the bigger, better, newer, shinier. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm like that. There's one thing I can never have enough of is a bigger TV. I got my wife up to a 65 inch, but I'm not happy there. I want the 85 inch. Have you seen the 85 inch ones? Can you imagine watching a game? I just, but, but do we all have our little weaknesses, right? How many of you understand that, that you can't compare yourself with other people? It always makes you feel that you're lacking something. You gotta be careful with that. You gotta learn to live on what you have. Never go to a model home center. You come back to your shack when you go to a model home center, right? You know what happens? You're happy about your home till you go to Model Home Center. Now you're not happy anymore because everything matches. Everything's new. Debbie and I didn't know what new furniture was when we first got married. We had a little apartment and we said, we're not gonna use credit cards because we're not gonna let credit card be dead and dead on our monthly. So we had used furniture. We go to garage sales. I know that seems weird to some of you, but that's what we did. And you know what? We're not like, I haven't gone through therapy because of that. I'm fine. My kids, my mom was the garage sale queen. A lot of my kids, when they were little, they didn't know they wore garage sale clothes. And Dara and Brent, they're not in any kind of therapy. Like, I had to wear garage sale clothes. I feel so unworthy. I'm just giving you the real deal. Now, in different seasons, as you... As your income goes up, you still have a level that you live in, lifestyle, but you can still, you can up that a little bit, but always keep margin there, amen? Now, this is weird. My wife wanted me saying this. We've been married 42 years, and I finally, and I finally did it. I finally did it. I finally did it. For the first time in 42 years of marriage, I bought my wife a new car, brand new. Brand new. Never done it in 42 years. Now, don't, uh, she deserved it way before 42 years. 
but she just, we're not, we didn't feel like we had to have that. And, and, and it's not like I, I could afford to do it. We just said, okay, we're going to do it. And you should see that red Ferrari that parks in our driveway now. I'm kidding you. Some of you, that's all you heard. The pastor's wife drives a red Ferrari. I'm not going to that church anymore. Right? I'm glad you're laughing because this is a tough message. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. You can never have enough stuff. You have to make a decision. I'm gonna live on this no matter what I make. And the more you make and you live like this, that margin gets bigger and bigger before you know it. Man, you have financial peace in your life. Your future is set and you can do what God calls you to do with your money. You can do far above the 10%. 10% is just the basics. I mean, the tithe is, man, it's so easy now to do more than that because of the financial margin that we have in our lives. Okay, I, I, did, I knew I wouldn't get an amen on that one. <laughs> nothing wrong, let me say this again, there's nothing wrong with wealth. God, in fact, uses wealthy people all the time to further the kingdom of God. There's nothing wrong with wealth or owning nice things. There's nothing wrong with new cars and a beautiful house. There's nothing wrong with a, nothing wrong with a boat and all, nothing wrong with that unless those things own you and keep you from putting God first in your finances. That's the difference. So we need to learn to live on less. We need to figure out our budget. I don't care if you make a half a million a year or a million, you should still have a budget. Go, this is what I'm gonna live on and this is the financial margin I'm gonna have and God, what do you want me to do with this financial margin? What do you want me to do with it, Lord? Well, we know the basics, right? The first 10% belongs to God. But even beyond that, <clears throat> sorry, I gotta get a little bit of water here. Anybody enjoying this? One person maybe, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those people clapping, I paid them to clap for the other campuses, so. Here's what we know, trusting God's financial plan. 42 years, Debbie and I have followed God's financial plan and it started with Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. I believe everybody on every campus wants to honor the Lord, but it's hard to honor God in this area. The message I'm giving you is hard, I know it's hard. But it says this, honor the Lord by giving him the last part of your income. Oh, someone was paying attention. The first part of your income. God doesn't want the last part. God doesn't want the leftovers. God doesn't want a tip. He wants to be the first part of our income. And that's hard to do, especially for some of us because we've allowed our lifestyles to dominate all that we are and we're not even sure we can give anything to God. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income and then here's the promise, you obey and here's a promise and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. They were agricultural income and so this was like, hey, you give God the first part, I'm gonna take care of your income. I'm gonna provide all your needs. But the first part, you gotta honor God by doing the first part. See, there's three things we all do with our money, right? Here, here they are, we, we, we live, we save, and we give. Maybe not in that order, but that's what we do. All, there's only three things we can do with it. We, can, we live on it, our lifestyle, we save it, and we give it. Here's what I know, the order and a percent, percentage 
determines if we're honoring God or not. Because if I'm looking at his way, this is not the correct order. It's not we live, we save, and give. That's not God's order. And I know I'm reading it backwards, but that's not what it is. But most of us, we kind of live that way. We go, okay, it's me first, my lifestyle. Yeah, I got all this. I got a lot of money here, lifestyle here. Okay, yeah, that's for my house, my new car. Oh, man, and I love vacations, by the way. But vacation can never take the place of God's tithe for me. Oh, I love this, yeah. And my kids, my goodness, my kids cost me a lot of money. And this bill, and college, and all these things. Oh, wow. God, that's all I have. Wait, wait, God, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, God, I got you. Hang on, God. I got something for you, God. There you go, God. Oh, save. I'm going to save a little bit too. I know this is heavy. I had the same response last service. When we live this way, I know I'm not saying you don't love God. You're not honoring God. You're not trusting God. There's two things that stop us from doing it God's way. First, It's either fear, fear of if I do this, there won't be enough for me to live on, right? If I do this, there may not be enough for me to live on. And the other reason people don't give first is greed, fear or greed. I I got too much stuff, I love my stuff, and I I, I tip God, but I'm not gonna give God, you know how much of money I make? You you know how I make a lot of money, 10% of that is a lot of money. Yeah, stuff and greed keeps you from putting God first. Now, God, the God order is we, we give, and all of us should be good stewards and start saving something, right? Amen. That's something Debbie and I were a little lacking in, but we always gave first, and then we lived over here, and sometimes it was only for a season. There were some tough seasons. I'm, I'm telling you, there were some times early in our marriage where we were given to God, we weren't seeing the blessing of God like we thought we would, but we gave because we never were supposed to give, and, and we had two old cars. And I remember when we had those two old cars that kept breaking down, and, and we got tempted one time to go, you know what, we just, we need another car. We can't really buy one cash. Maybe we should just go to the dealer and get a car and have a monthly payment, but our problem was, I remember the time that monthly payment would be about $450 a month, and that's about what our tithe was. We said, you know what? We can't do this. We're gonna live, save, and God, you understand, we need a car, so there goes your tithe. And stop tithing. Deb, we couldn't do that. We said, no, God, we're gonna honor you. We're gonna trust you. And eventually, you'll meet that need, because a car is a need. And that was a tough time for us. It was a time where our faith was tested. Listen, there is no faith to give to God last. Well, I'll give anything left over. That's not faith. What what blesses God, what triggers the promise of God in your life is when we say, God, I'm gonna give to you first and I'm gonna trust you with this. I'm gonna trust you here. And that's what Debbie and I learned to do for 42 years. You know what? We don't regret one bit 
of this, of giving God first. Were we tested? Yeah. Were sometimes, were we discouraged? Yeah. Sometimes were we a little bit afraid, like, God, how is this gonna work out? Yeah. But you know what? We realize that song we always sing, God was working when we couldn't see him working in so many ways. You know, it's amazing how people pray for God to bless their finances, but they didn't want God involved in their finances. God, bless my finances, but I don't want to put you first on my finances. Huh? No, no. When you put God first in your finances, I have an expectation based on God's word that he's going to meet every one of my needs. Not all of my greed, but meet every one of my needs. And in 42 years, God has never left Debbie and I lacking in need. In fact, he's gone beyond the meeting of needs, the giving us and doing things and experiencing things that we never dreamed we'd ever experienced, but it's because we honored him and put him first. And I'm no different than you. Uh, you know, we're, we're all, and so we do three things for our money and whoever does it God's way and honors God, God's gonna take care of you. So the fourth thing we do, the key to this is decide. You gotta decide to honor God and put him first. You just make a decision. See, some of you have heard it for years and years and years. You need to make a decision. You decide, we're gonna start doing it today. We're gonna honor God today. I don't know how the mask's gonna work out, but we're gonna give God the first uh, of our income. Some of you go, I can't give 10%, then start with 3%, start with 5%, but God, I'm gonna give you the first part and we're gonna trust you with the rest. We're gonna trust you with our lifestyle. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. This is Paul talking about an offering. On the first day of every week, the first day, each of you should set aside a sum of money. You know why he says you set it aside? What happens if you don't set it aside? You spend it. Paul knew the nature of human beings. Hey, I'm coming to receive the offering, but set it aside. So when I get there, you have some left. That's what he said. And how many know that we have to set it aside? That's why a 401k is a really cool thing, right? Most of you, if you have a 401k, it takes, it, they take it directly out of your paycheck, right? And when they take it out of your paycheck, they do that for a reason. What's the reason? You don't see it, right? You don't spend it. They, they, and it's something that helps secure your financial future. And so technology can actually help you because now, technology-wise, you can do that at Grace Family Church. You can put the auto pay on... <gasps> No, I can't do that. No, you can. It just say, hey, auto, automatically, take it out. I've had couples after a couple of testimonies tell me that's, a, that's how I got to that place of honoring God first because we were, we were too tempted. He said, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, collections will not have to be made. Set it aside. You need to set it aside. You gotta, it's something you got to set aside. It's just not going to happen. You have to decide to put him first. I love this. This is just some scriptures on, on our Father God. In Matthew 6, he says this. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? God's asking you a question. Am I your Father God that can provide for you or not? He's asking you a question. Can you trust me or not with your stuff, 
with your income. Will we not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father, listen to this, knows that you need them. You know, God knows everything you need. He knows about your kids needing to go to college. He knows all of your needs, but are you gonna trust him and put him first? He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be, come on, everyone say it, given to you as well. People all across every campus can stand up and tell you, it changed my life, putting God first in my finances. There's some gonna walk out of here, one year later you're gonna come back and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. My life is different, our life is different. Our income may not even change very much, but we're different, we have more peace in our life. And some are gonna come back a year from now, still stressed out, still have no peace, because you didn't follow God's financial plan for your life. I love 2 Corinthians. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He's talking about those who sow. The sower that sows seed, he will abound in every good work. Isn't that the heart of all of us? We want to have our needs met, but really all of us, we want to take abundance and share of others. Amen. God is owner, surrender it. Live on lest, trust God's financial plan and decide today to honor him and put him first. Come on, everyone bow your heads. Every canvas, just bow your heads for a moment. Father, I pray uh, for those, Lord God, that struggle, they're stressed out, they have no peace with their finances, it's causing problems in their marriage. God, I pray they would take a step, they would get to this class. God, they would look at how you see finances. God, I pray for healing in marriages from financial conflict. God, I pray for those who are just scared. They're in fear, God, of not having enough. God, help them to trust you and to put you first. God, I pray for those who have abundance. They've been blessed with so much, but yet they don't give, Lord, the way you want them to give. God, I pray they would realize that their wealth and their platform and their business, God, you're the one that blessed them. And one way we acknowledge that, Lord, is by giving back to you the first part. God, I pray for that person that hasn't surrendered a life to you, Jesus. We talk about surrendering our wallet, but God, they haven't surrendered their very life to you. God, they've been living life on their own, their own terms, their own way, their own rules. And Lord, I pray that today they recognize, Lord, their way is leading them to emptiness. And Lord, they recognize that they have a deep need in their soul, in their heart, that only you can fill, and it's you, Jesus. You're the one that brings joy. You're the one that removes guilt and shame. You're the one that gives a new life. You're the one that can raise dead things in a new life. And Lord, I pray for those that need a new life and a new purpose, or willing to leave the old behind, that right now, in this very moment, Jesus, they surrender their lives to you. They literally say, I surrender all to you today, Jesus. Come into my life. Save me, change me, forgive me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. 
Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.